Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. This is your host, Pat Bergstresser. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you've never listened before, this is a podcast where we give actionable advice related towards your transition from active duty into the civilian workforce so you can find not only your first job or maybe your next job if you're already out, but finding a career that's a right fit for you. And so that's what this podcast is entirely dedicated to. We've got a couple different series out there. If you haven't listened to them, feel free to check them out. One is about how to how to get that first solid draft of your resume when you're first getting out, which is a really big challenge. The next is going through interviews. Uh, one of the series that we're working on right now is LinkedIn and the power that LinkedIn really has to help you network into your next career. LinkedIn series so far has been getting your profile set up. So if you're listening now and you don't actually know how to set up your profile or you haven't done it yet, be sure to check out those episodes before you start messaging and networking on on LinkedIn. You need a page that people can get a good sense of who you are when you actually start reaching out to them. So it's critical that you get the page set up. What we're working on right now is actually networking through LinkedIn. And just to reiterate what I've said in previous episodes, LinkedIn is by far the most powerful networking tool, especially as the world has become more and more remote, uh, more and more engaged uh, online than, than, than we have ever before. You have an opportunity with LinkedIn to reach out to literally anyone, not only in the United States, but across the world that might be willing to help you out or have a conversation with you to help you figure out what direction you want to take when you're getting out of the military because as you'll find out, if you haven't already, the options are endless. And, and, and they're so vast, that's really a good thing. But it can be hard to figure out what direction to take. Uh, and so these couple episodes that we're working on right now are really dedicated to figuring out a strategy and executing that strategy on LinkedIn so that you can have conversations with the right people and have those productive conversations that will ultimately help you figure out where you can add value to an organization, how you can add that value, and what organization might be the right fit for you. And then more tactically, what level you should come in at, salary expectations, figuring out all the nitty gritty details that ultimately are going to be really important. And LinkedIn and the whole networking strategy that we're talking about is what's going to get you there. So in the last episode, we talked about the strategy, coming up with a strategy for figuring out who you're going to message on LinkedIn. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely check that episode out. What we're getting into now is actually searching for people on LinkedIn. So last time we covered, you need to figure out who you're going to actually message. And so the easiest way to start, this is going to sprawl completely in a lot of different directions once you get started. But A good starting point is five companies that you're interested in, and we covered this at the end of the last episode, so check that out. Five companies, and then find three roles at that company that look interesting. Don't get too caught up in you know, all the details, a lot of these job requisitions or job postings uh, are pretty generic. Uh, and so they don't necessarily give you a lot of detail of the specific team that that role is on. They might give you detail as to that team uh, or as to the the particular type of job it is and maybe what level it is or the types of things they focus on. Uh, but sometimes there's no details about the specific team. So if there, there are plenty of postings at Capital One, for example, where if you look at like a process manager, project manager, uh, business 
analysis manager, it's there's like a generic posting that a lot of these jobs have because nobody takes the time to write a really strong job requisition or job posting because they don't really need to. Like people are doing their research and they know what to apply for. Uh, and so a lot of them just have a generic posting. So as you're looking, don't get too caught up in in finding you know all the details around a specific job. Just find stuff that looks like it's a good fit uh, and looks like something that would be interesting and, and get those companies down and those positions down so that you have some direction. So now that you've done that, presumably you've done that, or if you haven't, you're just listening along. First, we're going to cover how the search function on LinkedIn actually works. And for you to really take advantage of this, you need to have a premium account on LinkedIn. If you're a transitioning veteran, you can get one year for free on LinkedIn. Talked about this many times before on the podcast. Uh, go to just Google LinkedIn premium free for veterans. You'll find the link. You put in your email address, so you just log into LinkedIn, and then boom, you've got one year for free of premium. Premium, I think, typically costs around 30 bucks a month or something like that. Uh, and so if for some reason you can't get the premium, I recommend having it at least for a couple months so that you can really take advantage of cold messaging on LinkedIn, because that's what we're going to get into. Uh, but you should be able to get one for a year. Even if you have used up that one for a year, you should be able to get second and maybe even third free years of premium. I have done three free years of premium so far. Uh, and Every time it expires, I just let it expire. I go back to that link where you put in your email address, and then boom, it just gives me gives it to me again. I don't know if they're not checking. I don't know if there's a bug in the system or whatever, but like I said, I'm on like year three, maybe four at this point. So just keep asking for it as it runs out because they might just keep giving it to you like they have for me. So once you get into LinkedIn, you see that search bar at the top. When you click that search bar and you click into the actual box, you'll see there's a couple different options. The way we're, we're looking for people, we're not looking for groups, we're not looking for anything else. So click in the search bar and just hit enter. What that's going to do is just bring up a, a generic search, it's just going to show you basically everyone in LinkedIn. Then at the top, you want to filter by people. So click people, then it's just going to show you basically, you know, people's accounts. And then go into the, the settings for the actual search. And there's a couple different things that you need to do. So first is go to previous employer. And this is the most important part of your search. We are reaching out to veterans. Why? Because they're really likely to reply to you. If you're just cold messaging random people on LinkedIn, they might reply. Uh, but you really want to optimize your time. Uh, and you want to find people that you can relate to. And veterans are naturally people that you're going to relate to and people that can relate to you. They have been through the same process you're about to go through. So previous employer, Usually you can start with your own service. Uh, that's where you're going to have the most connection. Uh, and so you can search in there, U.S. Navy, U.S. Army, U.S. Coast Guard, whatever it is. Uh, but also, as you're looking at companies, maybe you're looking at a smaller company that doesn't have a veteran presence as much as the bigger ones do, or that you were in the Navy and there's no Navy vets there, but there are Army vets. When I was getting out... I talked to veterans from all the different services uh, because if 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 I was looking for for Navy and they didn't have any, you know, I'd look for Army. There's a lot of Army folks uh, all over the place, so I, I talked to plenty of Army vets. Uh, so so don't limit yourself to the service you're in, but that's a good place to start. So previous employer, you put whatever service you're searching. Current employer, you put whatever company you're interested in, uh, and then just hit enter. And that's pretty much it. And so you will see all the people that are currently employed at the target company that you're interested in. And you will see, uh, and those people will all have been some sort of veteran 
at that particular service. Now, it's possible that they were like a civilian who was employed by the Army or the Navy, but that's really not the norm. What's most common is you're looking at veterans, and as you look at their profiles, you'll be able to figure out if they were actually a uniformed service member or not. So once you do that, you're going to get this list. If it's a really big company, you'll probably get a lot of veterans. Uh, If it's a small company, you might not have as many. But once you look at that list, go through each profile and take a look and see how well it's filled out. Some people spend a lot of time keeping their profile up to date. Some people created their LinkedIn one time, added a picture, and, and never logged in again. Those profiles you probably don't want to waste your time on unless that's your only option. You really want to focus on the people who kept their profile up to date not because they're any better or worse than the people who haven't, but because they're actually active. And so you're going to take time messaging these people and you want to optimize your response rate. If you're messaging people who don't keep their profile up to date, it's more than likely that they are not seeing messages come in or they don't have their notifications set up to receive messages and they're unlikely to respond. You want people to respond who are actively engaged on LinkedIn uh, or th- those are the people who are most likely to respond. And so y- you want to optimize your hit rate as best as you can. One thing that you need to set your expectations for is that not a lot of people are going to reply on LinkedIn. Uh, realistically, you're looking at like a 30% response rate. That's at least what I experienced. Uh, and so you don't want to spend your time messaging people that are just unlikely to reply because it's work to, to send these messages to track who you're who you're messaging and, and, and follow up and, and all this stuff. So you really want to optimize your hit rate. So as you find these people, if you find a profile that looks like it's someone worth messaging, go ahead and follow them. So on the profile, there's an option to connect. Don't connect because you don't know them, and a lot of people don't accept cold connection requests, but you can follow. It's either a a button on their page or there's like a drop down next to the connect button and there's a follow. They'll probably see if they check their notifications that you're following them. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's an easy way for you to track who you're actually looking at and who's going to be one of your target audience members within LinkedIn rather than having to write write down all these names. And so as you find people that you're interested in, just go ahead and follow them. You'll start to see their if they post, if they're active, you'll start to see their posts, their likes, their comments in your feed. So that's one way to get a good sense of who they are, how active they are. But also, and more specifically in this case, it's just a way to track who you're interested in. So once you start looking at profiles... This is where you pull out those positions that you were interested in, and you try to get a sense of the person's level. You really want to spend your time with people at the company who are at the level you're looking to come in at or higher. People who are at your level can give you a ground level sense of what that job is like day to day, what the responsibilities are, uh, and stuff like that. When you get someone who's higher ranked, and there's plenty of people who are, you know, an upper senior management, or even executive level that are willing to talk to you, those people can help you get a sense of pay. The way it works at these companies is those senior leaders know what the pay ranges are for all of the job roles, and they know what generally people are making based on their experience. They just have more and more people working for them, so they just know what you can expect. You don't want to ask someone in the role that you're targeting what they're making because that's a little bit personal because you're looking to come into that role. If they open it, if they bring it up on their own, that's fine and they might, but you don't want to ask. It's a little personal. Um, but people who are at senior levels, you can definitely say, Hey, I'm looking to come in at this level. Like, what kind of pay should I be expecting? Uh, and so that's kind of the difference when you're looking at both of these different categories of people that you're looking to message. Having said that, when you're first starting out, if you don't have any contacts at the company, just get on the phone with somebody. 
you want to f- at least make sure that this company is worth pursuing because you you might start talking to people at a company and you talk to a couple people and you're like I'm not even interested anymore or this doesn't seem like the right fit or doesn't sound like a culture that I'm interested in or whatever the case is you don't need to talk to senior people or people at your level necessarily to figure that out. Just talking to anyone will help you get a sense of whether or not it's the right fit. Uh, and so when you're first starting out, anybody is fine. But as you start to refine your search within a company, that's the benefit of those two sides of the coin. The, the level you're looking to come at, you get the tactical perspective. The higher ranking people can help you understand pay, progression, promotion, growth opportunities, uh, stuff like that. One of the a few other things you want to look at when you're looking at their prof- profile is how long have they been there? If they've been at the company for three months, it's not that they're not worth messaging, but they're going to be able to give you a really good sense of onboarding. What is it like to onboard at that company? So that's a really great perspective to get. So you can understand what it's like to join that team. Are people helpful? Are people not helpful? If you're joining in a, from a remote perspective, this is really, really important. You're not going to be showing up into an office every day talking and seeing people face to face. So what is it like if you just start messaging people on Slack or whatever internal communication system they have? Microsoft Teams is common as well. Like, what is it like? Are people helpful, even though they haven't met you? How do you set up initial meet and greets? How do you get on calendars for team meetings and stuff like that? Understanding that onboarding process from someone who's new to the company is really important. You also, and if they if they show that they're new to the company, that shows they keep their LinkedIn profile updated. So that's one good indication that they're active. If you get people who have been there longer, you're going to get more of that long-term perspective. Why have they stuck around so long? Have they stuck around because they're kind of a knot on a log and they just don't really like moving? Have they stuck around because the company culture is really good? Maybe the compensation is really good? Um, or maybe it's personal reasons, whatever it is. That can also be a good part of your conversation with that person as to what has caused them to stick around. You can also see, have they moved around a lot? Have they worked at other companies in the same type of job family that, you're, that you might be interested in? Maybe they've been a project manager at five different companies over their career since getting out of the military. That's a really great perspective to get because you can understand what is it like at this company versus other companies. And maybe you get to talking with them and they say, hey, based on what you're looking at, I would actually recommend the company I just came from. They were great, but I came to this opportunity for whatever reason, but that might actually be, be a good opportunity for you. And so that's another good aspect of the conversation that you could have. You also want to see, have they been promoted? Do they know what it's like to get promoted within these companies? It's very different in the private industry getting promoted than it is in the military. In the military, you check boxes. In the private industry, it can be a lot more political. Uh, it can be who you know. It can be conversations you've had. It can just be sometimes someone's a better fit than someone else. There's all different ways of companies and how they figure out growth and promotions and whatnot. And every company is different. And so if you can find someone who's been promoted within that company, they're going to be able to give you that perspective. A lot of times when you're first focused on getting out, you're just trying to, you know, to, to get that, that first role that's a good fit. But it's also important to remember, you want to be somewhere where you can grow and you can promote. And it's not going to be like, show up, hey, check these boxes, and you'll get promoted in two or three years. It's, it's way more dynamic than that. And there's a lot more involved. And it's not nearly as simple. A lot of people in the private industry just keep the same job for 20 years. And, that, and in a lot of places in, in companies, that's totally fine. It's not necessarily up or out like the military is. And if that's what you want, that's something to keep in mind. Maybe you're burnout, you did 20 years, you just want to chill and, and do a, a solid job every day, but you're not looking to you know, go out there and take over the world. That's totally fine. Like find people who 
have maybe been in the same role for a long time. And what is the perspective of them? Is it okay to just stay in the same job? Or are people going to like shit on you if you do something like that? There's certain cultures, you know, if you're working at one of these hard charging consulting firms, like the MBBs, like McKinsey and Bain and Boston Consulting Group, a lot of those companies are up or out. You got to continue to move up or they kind of kick you to the curb. Uh, Other companies, you can just chill. So it depends on what you're looking for. But again, something else to keep in mind. So as you continue to review these profiles, you want to get a sense for now that you've reviewed all of this, who is worth messaging, and you want to create a tracker to save all the targets that you're looking at. And so all it can be really simple to start with. It can just be the date you found them, their name, and then the link to their LinkedIn profile just to start with. Don't save people you're not going to message because that's not worth it, but you want a tracker because as we start working through the messaging process, this tracker is how you're going to keep track of multiple conversations you've had with the same person. Some of these people are going to be more helpful than others. Some people are going to respond. Some people aren't. But you want to keep a track of, keep track of who you're messaging, how often you're having conversations with them, and which people are more helpful than others. And sometimes you might go several months without talking to someone, and it's really, really helpful to have the access to this tracker where you can go back and see what did you talk about last time. And when you send thank you notes after conversations, which we'll get to later and are critically, critically important and not nearly enough people do this, you want to be able to mention one nugget that they gave you that showed that you listened, paid attention, took notes, and are taking their time seriously and making the most out of the time that they're willing to give to you. Remember, this is when you message these people and eventually get on the phone with them, they are giving up their free time. And we'll talk uh, later in a later episode about how to handle these conversations. But they are giving up your free time and the way in which you handle your time with them is really, really important. These people have not met you ever. It's really important to understand that all they know about you is this profile. And that's why in the previous episodes, I really emphasize getting that profile set up. It's so, so important because this person does not know you And all they have to go off of is your picture and whatever you've put on your profile. And so you need to make sure that that is conveying an accurate representation of how you want to be portrayed on this this digital medium that is the only way that they have any idea of who you are and what kind of person you are. So create this tracker, get down a couple people from each company that you want to message, And in the next episode, we're going to get into how to actually draft that message. It's really important. A lot of people screw this up. It's really important to be quick, succinct, and get them on the phone as quick as possible. But we'll get to that later. For now, you just need to get your tracker going, put the people in, the date you found them, their name, and a link to their profile. Make sure you're following them on LinkedIn so you can start to get a sense of maybe their personality or how active they are on LinkedIn as well. It's also a good way to save who you're looking at. And get a list of people for all the companies you're interested in. Get them on your tracker. In the next set, in the next episode, we'll talk about how to draft that message, how many to send out every week, how to keep track of it, setting your expectations because a lot of people aren't going to answer. You're going to start to feel like a sales rep here because sales reps get told no a lot. In this case, you're just going to get a lot of ghosting. It's okay. It happens. Uh, but at the end of the day, the hard work that you put in now And starting these conversations and creating these connections is going to pay dividends in the long run. This is how it gets done. If you're going on to job postings and just applying blindly, you are very, very, very unlikely to find success that way. It just doesn't happen that way. That's not the way the world works. And put yourself in a hiring manager's shoes. 
Do you want to hire the person who's just some resume that's submitted online? Or do you want to hire the person that got referred by someone personally and someone reached out to you in the company who you don't know, but said, hey, I talked to Johnny last week on the phone. I think he's a great candidate. He's a veteran. You know, I really uh, think veterans bring a great perspective to this company. And I think he's worth you having a conversation with. If I'm a hiring manager, that makes my life so easy because now I've got someone internally saying, this candidate is fantastic. You need to talk to them. Now I'm like, great, this makes my job easier. I might find the next candidate. I don't have to talk to everyone else. I want to fill this role and move on. Hiring managers are not HR people. Hiring managers are people who are working in the business who have roles that they need to fill on their team to get more work done. The recruiter is the gatekeeper. HR manages job postings and whatnot, but ultimately the decision maker is the hiring manager and they want to fill that role as quickly and as easily as possible. And so if you go through the process of networking, you can be that person that they're talking about. I've done this personally. I have messaged senior directors, director level uh, people within Capital One blindly and said, hey, my name is Pat. I work on this team. I just talked to this guy. He's a veteran. I think he'd be great fit for this role that he's looking at. I really think it's worth taking a look at his resume. And I put the hiring manager in the two box and I put the recruiter in the CC box so that the recruiter who's the gatekeeper knows what I'm doing and the hiring manager knows that this person is worth talking to. And you'd be surprised how often those people reply and say, thanks, Pat. We'll definitely take a look. That can be the difference sometimes. And one way to go about that, there's a lot of ways, but one really good way to go about that is LinkedIn. And that's why we're talking about it. So again, we'll get into messaging next episode. Thanks for listening. We end every episode with the same quote by Winston Churchill, which is success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. You're going to get a lot of ghosting in this messaging process, but you're going to make some really great connections with some people who you might be shocked how willing they are to help you out. I, I remember talking to an army veteran at Wells Fargo who I was blown away. He would follow up with me. He would text me like a week after our conversation saying, hey, Pat, how's it going? Like, why? That's just so weird. But he really was passionate about helping veterans. And his day-to-day job was not veteran recruiting or anything. It was a, funct- a job function in Wells Fargo. I don't even remember what he did. But he was really passionate. And he was an army guy too. We weren't, you know, he wasn't Navy like me. So just goes to show you, you, you can find those people, but it takes a lot of work. And when you find those people, leverage the shit out of them because they enjoy helping you and other veterans. So with that, I'll go ahead and sign off. As always, you can email me one update. I did kind of shut off a lot of the business accounts that I have for this because I just don't think it's, it's necessary. So it's no longer pat at transitionvetcoach.com. Just message my personal email account if you have questions or uh, about this or anything else, patrick.bergstresser at gmail.com. That's an easy way to find me. So with that, we'll sign off and we'll see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. 